0: Okay, welcome to Craggy Island Rugby. It might not be as cold as Russia, but you wouldn't get a wind like this over there. Well, I think if we had a wind like this over there, we'd have all been dead.
1: (laughs) So uh, we're all alive in here at Solman Park. Uh, Not a happy hunting ground for Connacht, but we come here with a positive attitude tonight. Aj McGinty starting at 10 big call I think it's a good one he's going to have a big job on it's strange swirly wind here this is going to be a tough up the jumper type game
0: OK William we're just coming up to 19 and a half minutes gone and Connacht are leading 10-0 Yeah it's a great start
1: they're playing really really well seem to have adapted to the conditions better than Munster this, this wind is making doing anything, kicking or passing, very difficult. But Great uh, possession play for the Connacht try, which really came when um, they walked through a completely static Munster defence. Um, got to hold them out here now. This is this is their first
0: real attacking opportunity. Yeah, we're a five-meter meter, five line-out for Munster, who was two kicks at goal. Um, we'll tell you what happened at halftime. Okay, William, it's half time. Connacht lead 10 points to 5. Munster did get the score in the end, but they did miss the conversion, which is why they probably went to the corner in the first place.
1: Yeah, this, this wind and a very slippy pitch is uh, contributing to do a lot of errors. Connacht are doing very well, though. They've uh, competed well. It's the best half of rugby I've ever seen them put in here live. Because uh, there's been a few shockers in the past, but they've really worked hard tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have to say that there's definitely a hunger about the way we're playing the game that that's just you haven't seen before, and there's a self-belief that's just astonishing.
1: Yeah, James Connolly at seven is having a huge game. He really has got in Thomas O'Leary's face. Uh, he's probably had a poor game for Munster. He certainly isn't a favourite of the crowd here. He's getting quite a lot of stick, as are most of the Munster team. Um, the wind in the second it's just impossible to tell what's going to happen with this wind because now would appear to be playing with the wind but that almost was a hindrance to Munster
0: yeah it'll be very interesting to see what happens we'll talk again at 60 minutes okay it's 57 minutes 40 seconds we've got a penalty right in front of the post about I don't know 35 meters out we've survived the onslaught in the early second half we'll just wait for the kick that Ronaldson's going to attempt and we'll get an update from William OK, William, we're now leading 13 points to five after 58 minutes. Yeah, uh,
1: big push there by Munster, really, since the start of the second half. Trying to play with a lot more speed, but they just haven't been accurate enough. And Connacht, one chance they've taken it. Um, yeah, game on. think we'll be back at 70 minutes to update you. I think we
0: might. OK, we're on 68 minutes, the score is now 13-12 to Connacht because Munster, unbelievably, got a penalty try. It was a yellow card for tackling without the ball, which seemed fair enough, but the penalty try was shocking.
1: Well, from what we've seen, it was a very, very poor decision. Um, you couldn't say he was definitely going to score a try, and there was two covering players within the frame of the picture. I don't know who called it, whether it was called by the TMO or the referee. Uh, it took about five minutes to make the decision. The, I have no problem with the yellow card because he was tackled without the ball, but I thought a penalty try had to be given if it was definitely going to be a score. Connick looking very tired out in their feet a bit now. A few guys have limped off, but we're still fighting 13-12.
0: 79 minutes and 15 seconds Connock win a turnover we've got a scrum on our own 22 we are leading by six points oh my god okay this is the second attempt at the scrum on 80 minutes Connock put in on our own 22 better scrum this time
2: william (laughs) we've won yeah that's uh wow that was just brilliant
1: that was uh we really came back into it there in the last 10 minutes when i thought we were starting to panic a little bit uh john muldoon went off but they stuck to the task and scored a lovely try in the corner uh after a long wait for the tmo
0: and uh yeah we are top of the league we are indeed, and we just had one of the Munster fans come and shake our hands and congratulate us, but I think he was more happy with the fact that he had Connacht at plus eight with 300 quid on it. As he said, he's going to get his golfing holiday out of it. The fans here were very good, I thought the, the Munster fans were very generous towards us because they recognised we played very good rugby.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of them come, came talked to us said thought they were playing out of our skins. All very impressed with Ali Muldowney and young James Connolly. milking this and why not 30 years since a win in this ground or 29 years and they are cheering the Connacht fans who are in here in very big numbers there must be maybe four or 500 I would say around here and they've just seen a fantastic performance and a fantastic
3: win
0: great stuff absolutely great stuff
3: The post-game section of the podcast. This is sensational. That's all I'm going to say. William Davis, good job during the game. I haven't even listened to it yet, but I know it's going to be cracking listening. Alan's just told me he, didn't, he abandoned the 20, 40, and 60-minute format and did an update every minute for the end. Wow, what a win.
1: Yeah, fantastic win. Uh, long time coming. Uh, you almost don't believe it. I, I still, I'm still sort of coming down from it now. And... During the game you just kept thinking something's going to go wrong here in a minute and obviously there was the incident of the penalty try and you just thought oh no, it's going to go wrong again, it's going it's to happen, it's going to be snatched away and then a moment of magic and uh, it wasn't and um, a fantastic performance by a team that has a lot of belief in itself and in what they're trying to do.
3: Dave in a sentence.
2: Oh that was fun, that was such fun. It was horrible, it was everything that sport does to you, but you win. Oh, that was fun, so much fun.
3: Wasn't it though? I mean, oh, it, like Toman Park, I, I can't name another ground in the world I wanted that to happen more than Toman Park.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and, and what was lovely where myself while we were standing on the East Terrace, we a lot of what I would call pure monster rugby fans who were really appreciative of how good we were.
3: Uh, Lindy, I mean, yeah, what's your initial reaction great win for Connacht Rugby
4: great win for the fans Mm. and a great win for a lot of players and I will particularly say for John Muldoon the captain who earlier this week at a press conference said that he got his first cap although it wasn't an official one because it was in a friendly against Munster and Tournament Park and he had never won there and I think for him, and he said it was one of the things he would dearly love to do before he retired. Well, he's not going to retire. He says he's fit and he's going to continue while he still has love for the game, which is great to hear. But at least he, is, he, he has achieved that.
3: Yeah, the amazing thing is for the for the entire game, but particularly the 10 minutes before his sin bin, were for me, and I've watched John Muldoon from the, since the very beginning, the greatest 10 minutes I've ever seen from John Muldoon. He was inspirational and that yellow card was crushing at the time I mean we're going to go into more detail later William but to go from that Alan's in yeah, go for it. Yeah,
0: the yellow card wasn't crushing it was the penalty try that was crushing Yeah, that's,
3: yeah, that's that's. Yeah. you know
0: the yellow card was deserved you tackle a man without the yeah. ball you can't, you can't do that 100% agree how, how they thought that they were going to score a try from a rubbish pass with two conic players coming across the field to defend and I don't know who it was that was
2: catching the ball
3: uh, Andrew Conway was coming in I think but I don't think it was a clean pass
2: no, no, but Here's the thing, you give the penalty in the yellow card because you think the guy has been tackled without the ball mm. you can't give a penalty try for that because the whole p- logic of you giving the penalty is that he's been tackled so therefore if, he's going, if he catches the ball he scores to try, well why are you then submitting the guy for a tackle that you don't think was going to happen it's completely mind-blowing logic the two things don't work with each other either it's a penalty try or it's a, ta- or it's a penalty for tackling without the ball And if you give the penalty for attacking with the ball, you can't give the penalty, you cannot give the penalty try, and somehow he managed to find a way to do it.
3: And, you know, he, he couldn't believe Tiernan O'Halloran could have scored such an easy try, so he had to check it. We were joking that, like, we think he went to the TMO just because it just felt wrong, Connick scoring a try like that against Munster. I have a funny feeling the officials are still going back over the entire match and in a full TMO just to try and check if we made a mistake there. But the main point is, William, the answer was great. We have to put a cap on the start of this podcast. We've got some great post-game audio before we start really yapping about it. But they, the point that came up again and again in the post-game press conference and post-game chats was they didn't let it get to them how many times before I remember the biggest one I remember Alan is up in Ravenhill when Alan Roland missed the worst mistake ever missed a knock on and it cost us a game but they didn't let it It didn't let it get to them they just got on with it
1: yeah and I think that's a sign of the maturity of the team and the maturity possibly as well of the management they've settled more into their roles now Owen Masterson explains brilliantly in his interview about what he feels is expected of them um yeah, the, the, the Tiernan O'Halloran try TMO was really strange. Uh, the, everybody stopped. Every single player on the field on both sides stopped. Apart, and he, from, Tiernan. apart from Tiernan. And he just walked through. And I, I, I think
3: it's because he kind of nearly fell. So I think that could be a good tactic. Just nearly fall, fool everyone and go.
1: Yeah, and I think what actually happened was it, we thought somebody has must have been blocked out to make the tackle. A Connacht mm. player must have done a linebacker block but you saw the replay, and there's one beside me, and I'm going to say exactly what she says. Jesus, ref, there's nothing wrong with that try at all. And she was from Limerick.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and the ref was like probably on the team going, come on, we've we, we got to find something. It doesn't make any sense. But at this stage... Uh, William, we've got to just team to tee this up. Your interview with Old Masterson, I think you've, you've highlighted there, but uh, golden stuff. We left you outside the dressing room, right? Crazy stuff. And we said, listen, see who you can get. We'll double-check afterwards to see if it's okay with Louise to, to run it uh, from the media point of view. We went into the post-game press conference. Old Masterson, the little legend, the big legend, came out and uh, he, he chatted to you.
1: Yeah, he was out just signing autographs for... Uh mostly monster fans I have to say and chatting with it was mostly monster people there was a couple of conic people there and a couple of girls beside us wanted a a photograph so they came over and uh, he did the photograph and I said Owen can I get a few words with you and he said "Uh, oh uh, did you check it with Louise and I said no So he said, well, I'll have to go and check. So he he went off, and I turned to Alan and said, well, he's hardly going to... He said, I'll go and check with Tim Allnut. Tim was standing talking to somebody, but he walked past him, disappeared into the dressing room, and I thought, well, okay, he's gone. He doesn't want to do it, and that's fine. So I put my recorder away. The next thing you know, he comes back out, and he goes over to them, and more people wanted his photograph, and he gets a biro from somebody, walks over and back, signing autographs, because the person didn't have a pen, and then he walks over to me and gives this amazing interview that starts off... Uh, very normally and then he starts to well up and you can just see how much this meant to him he knew i was going to ask him a third question and i realized no it's time to stop it now because he really was starting uh the tears were in his eyes and he's just talking with real controlled passion about what is expected of the 23 players how it works with the starting 15 and the eight on the bench and what Pat Lamb had been drilling into them during the week. But enough of me, listen to what he has to say. Uh, first time we've won here in 29 years what was that like in the last couple of minutes
5: yeah obviously I was on the bench for the last 20 and it was a lot more uncomfortable out there than you're well, than on the pitch yourself but I thought the lads were absolutely unbelievable you know they, they had us under the pump there in our 22 for a long passage of play just the lads just kept getting off the ground kept making their tackles kept chopping them down oh it's just unbelievable and obviously Maddie you'd have a bit of magic up the wing and then Robbie and Bundy combining to get in the corners you know world class stuff really so you know you need, you, need, you need people who can do things like that to win down here and thankfully you know we have them in our side now.
1: There seemed to be a tremendous amount of self-belief and uh, sticking to the, stick the plan, everybody just seems to know exactly what they have to do and they have 100% confidence in it and what they're doing.
5: Yeah, well, Pat said it to us pre-game, he said, you know, like you, you should have no fear because fear comes from, you know, uncertainty and from isolation, you know, and whenever we go out to play with each other, you know, it's 23 lads in the squad, 15 people take the pitch and, you know, we're, we're just all there together, all, everyone backing each other up and, you know, we work so hard during the week on nailing our roles and getting them all right and you know like fair like the management hammer us on it and you know thankfully we come the weekend we just everyone's in sync and we just work so hard for each other and thankfully at the moment it's 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 paying dividend.
1: Owen we'll let you go thank you very much well played.
3: Right, quite apart from how amazing that interview was, and you've heard it for yourself, Williams doing his own links now. I mean, I tell you what, brilliant. I just did. I just press pause. What are we looking at? We're looking at the try again here. Lindy has it on her phone. Describe it, Lindy. That try from Buddy Aki. No, I'll describe it. Oh, the offload from Robbie Henshaw. Wowzer. He stepped inside Earls, pops it up. No right. Aki dives through the air like like some sort of superhero character. Like I don't know. Like yeah, I know. But like, you know, does the Green Lantern do? What does the Green Lantern even do? I don't know.
2: Oh, I don't care. I'll find out. Gives John Muldoon abs. He
3: certainly does. And uh, he gave John Muldoon inspiration. Hey, let's tee up the John Muldoon interview. Lindy, have you ever seen John Muldoon looking so relaxed and kind of... He was on top of the world when he went into that press conference.
4: Isn't it wonderful to see? Because, I mean, like John's gone through so much with Connaught Rugby. I mean, you know, he's he's been there in, in, in a lot of tough times and a lot of bad times. And, you know, he's... He's shown so much leadership qualities, and as Pat Lamb said, it's good to have a player um, who is approaching his 200th cap for um, in the league, driving the players onwards. Alongside, uh, as Pat Lamb said earlier the week, Willie Ruan, who is the CEO, driving the organisation onwards. Mm. And I think that people like John Muldoon, you know, are, are real heroes. They were. He was a superhero tonight in his in his in his B- Green BLK
3: Green Lantern gear. John, just to start it off, um, the scenes at the end there, reminiscent of pretty much nothing we can remember in Connacht rugby history. Uh, huge support down here today, and then they've just witnessed an amazing win for Connacht.
6: Yeah, um, it's nice to be part of history, first and foremost. Um, a couple of us, um, a couple of us have tried a lot. Uh, I think I've had thirteen goals at it and it's finally nice to get one James Connolly turned around beside me and I thought he had a great game and he goes my first ever pro 12 start and I beat Munster at home <laughs> made me feel pretty old and uh, yeah no look it, it it's a great result for us on a personal point of view and um as a squad I think we've been saying that this excuse me that this year we've um, been getting better and uh, the depth in the squad and um, someone asked me during the week what's the difference this year compared to other years we have the spine and the nucleus of a Connacht team um, with a couple of very important imports and um, fellows from other provinces and um, I think more importantly we've a lot of young fellows that are able to come up and step into the role and James is a great example, Sean O'Brien's a great example, um, both Sean making his first ever appearance in the Pro 12 James first ever start in the Pro 12 and um, when you've got depth in your squad and you lose someone like Nipia who's had a great start to the season and then James comes out and puts a performance like that it's nice and sweet and it it shows that there is depth in the squad and it shows that um, (coughs) there's a lot of belief in the squad as well just talk to me about the fact that you
3: came in as league leaders. Did that, like, how much of the winning run was vital to how much belief they had? Because Connacht haven't started a game as well as that up here in, in my memory. I,
6: I don't think it made any difference that we were on top of the league. Um, we've we got to be honest here and we've got to say that we're top of the league when teams are missing their international players in the World Cup. and Munster, Leinster... Glasgow. A lot of the teams were devastated by the World Cup, and we're on top of the league because we were the least team affected. So we've got to take stock. Um, but what it does is it gives us uh, confidence to come down to Torm and Park and believe that we can win. And um, I think when we did our stuff right, we were very, very good. Um, I thought we got a little bit rabbit in the headlights at times, and we we probably went away from what we said we'd do in our game plan and at times we look pretty average but I think a lot of that is due to Munster putting us under a lot of pressure and I thought Munster played very well as well Um, the last 10 minutes uh, or watching that 10 minutes in the bin I thought we were in real trouble and in fairness to the lads they dug real deep and um, I think that's a good indication of how far we've come and the belief that was there so in terms of, of that yes we've, we've still got a lot to work on we've still got a lot to do but um, it's good to see that and it's good to see us being put under pressure and able to come out the other side um, but <coughs> we've beat Munster in Thomond Park and we've got to go down to Cardiff next weekend, and that's been a pretty much graveyard for for us for a couple of seasons. And um, focus now has got to shift to that. Absolutely, we'll enjoy this and we'll take it in, but we've got to move on. Um, we're top of the league on the 28th of, of November. That doesn't get us anything. Last year we were. Um, top of the league, we're in the first, I think five or six, until about March, and ultimately we didn't get into the Champions Cup, so um, we've got to push on and try and be uh, up there when when it matters.
3: And finally, for the post game interviews, because I know you want to hear a bit of what everyone had to say. Pat Lamb talked for a while in the press conference. You can read about that all week in the national press. Uh, Dave, he had a lot to say in that before we got a chance to have a one on one mode.
2: There's two ads I mean, he, it's the praise for Dave Ellis, which we, we have been championing, even though we have got it wrong in the past. Um, but Dave Ellis gets a lot of praise. He's like a, when he talks of James Connolly, he's like a happy father. He's like a very proud father. <laughs> Here's James. We had seen this coming. When we had discussed it, did we think James would start? But he talked him up big once he knew Napier was out. James would come in. So James has had all week to either, knowing he has the backing of his coach, but also all week to be nervous. And he wasn't. So Pat just comes across really proud, really proud of his team. But also, no sense of getting carried away.
3: Pat, we've heard a good bit in there from how proud you are of that I just want to just capture some of this sense of did you have a look around for a second on that pitch after that final whistle to see all those green flags and those Connacht fans in the, in the crowd and what it meant to them
7: Oh, well, it's fantastic First thing I was when I saw you know, I raised my hand to them and I raised my hand to them and uh, saluted them because I could hear them throughout the whole game. And you know, I, I was my first year at Munster here, and we got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, flack or a lot of uh, chanting at us from the Munster crowd. And, and so every time we sit here, it's like, oh geez, okay. we're expecting it tonight. Was awesome because they were all in front of me, so it was like a home game. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and for me that was tremendous. But for the players, even better. And um, you know, and even even after, geez, look at Toman Park and. Uh, to hear Connacht, Connacht, just the cheer of Connacht away, it's just as how far we've come, not just as a team, but as a, as a whole province. When you watch rugby like we
3: do and as journalists, sometimes you think that you can be 100% in the mental game uh, even though you can't play the game. That's my perspective on it. Today I'm starting to realise these guys are even mentally stronger than any average person because we were so angry at that penalty try and we, like I'd say we lost our composure a little bit. The players didn't. You said that in there. They really just kept it in their stride and unlike Connacht teams in the past, they weren't going to let this beat them. Yeah
7: Exactly. I think, you know, we, we've been saying it long, um, right through about the learnings you can take, and I suppose the thing that was pleasing before we went to Russia, before we even knew all of the delays were going to happen, we said, this is, um, this is what's coming up. It is an opportunity to actually build resilience and mental toughness. So that was the goal and the aim of that two weeks against uh, Russia and, and brief, So that it, I didn't want them to, something to happen and then say, oh well, you know, that, that's we can be better from that. I wanted them to actually train it and understand that's going to happen so just bang and so every time something happened it's cold deal with it we've got a train in the cold deal with it um, buses late deal with it you know and 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 all of that uh, practice you know and it, it came to it came an opportunity to, to when, we, when we did get delayed that the boys could didn't make it happen and then in a game like that that happens boom and we train around yellow card situations, we train um, different things, we, we, you know, we, I throw out scenarios, you know, we're down by three points or we're up by two points now at training so we talk all of those scenarios and then when it happens, it enables you to stay calm and composed and stay and the only way we get back into our game whenever things aren't going quite well i.e. lose the ball back into system on defence, um, score a try back into systems, concede a try back into systems. Um, that's uh, that's that's what I'm really pleased with the boys are doing.
3: Just the last question and because I know you got to go and you've been answering a lot for it, but just on the significance of 13 years, I know you say history is history but it's like I think it's 37 games there, 36 defeats, 1 draw away from home against Irish Provinces. For me this feels like a massive milestone
7: Yeah well now we can say instead of 37 years It's 30 minutes ago or 40 minutes ago And you know that's, that's now you know, Ticked off um, and like I said, I'm really pleased for, you know, for yourselves, the Connick people who've been around for a long time covering the game. I'm pleased for John Wonder. I'm pleased for all the people who, you know, part of that. You know, obviously I've only been here two years or so, so it's not as significant for me, the understanding all of that, that history, but I am really pleased for everybody that's uh, from here and, um, and that they can really celebrate that. And, um, you know, particularly John, I'm really pleased for John and um but now we, it's important that you know and I accept that but now it's it is it is part of history it, it you know now we move on to the to the next challenge.
3: Right here in the Radisson in Limerick is where we are. It's where we talked last year after, like, it was 42 20. mother God. That was
6: actually
1: this year
3: ago. Was that this year? Yeah. Well, well, last season, yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like 14 years ago after this. <laughs> I have to say, folks, Lindley has her phone on the table here, and she has a, a little vine of the conic try just going over and over again. It's about the 25th time I've watched it. I'm not even starting to get sick of that seven-second vine. I go watch it for the rest of the week. Wow, what an offload! And then Aki flying through the air, and the way he holds the ball with one hand, reaches out, scores, and and they still had to look at it twenty times because the referee was like, "Are we really going to iconic skill him. levels?" Exactly. That came up a lot in the. We just heard Pat Lamb there. That came up a lot in the post game. It did, and and it's
4: it, Pat Lamb has actually mentioned this more times than he has for the last you know two seasons. Just recently, and in a couple of press conference a couple of weeks ago, he actually deliberately. Discussed the skills level and why, what had improved in Connacht rugby, and laid great praise for um, Dave Ellis, the skills coach. And I think, obviously, I think the reason he said was because they never had a skills coach before, so now players can decide what they want to focus on what they want to improve on. And Dave Ellis is able to give them one-on-one time, which they've never been able to have before. Once upon a time, I think Pat said, you know, when they had spare time, they'd be looking around saying, oh, what should we do now? What should we do now? The lads have grown that much and matured so much, and they've been given responsibility to do it themselves, that now they will decide... I want to improve on this, and that's where Dave Ellis steps in. And of course, it's not just Dave Ellis; it's the whole organisation. You know, Mm -hmm. you've got the forwards coach, you've got the uh, the S and C coach. You know, you know, it's it's a whole organisation who are all pulling together to make this work.
0: We are probably the only team in the Pro 12 and the English Premiership, because I've watched a few games over the last two or three weeks, and definitely the top 14 who are playing Southern Hemisphere style rugby. We trust our skills. No matter what the weather, we trust our skills. And it's because we have the skills to trust, not something we ever had before. We are definitely playing Southern Hemisphere style, throwing the ball around. I've watched two or three games. Like, as I say, I, I, I got BT Sport because I just had to watch more rugby and I'm getting frustrated not being able to see it. So I got it for, you know, watching the Heineken Cup or whatever it's called. And so I've watched a fair amount of rugby on TV recently that I hadn't watched for a while. And... It's the game's reverting back to what it was before because the bad weather's kicked in and the, the you know the wind is blowing and the rain is falling and you know Northampton last night were very average. Um, you know, we were watching a bit of the Cardiff game today with the Ospreys, and that was another average game. Yet we're coming out and we're showing that it's possible that if you believe in what you're doing and you work hard at what you're doing and you have young people who who are given the, the, the um, given the right to go out and express themselves,
2: you end up with a great rugby team. If you look at Bundy's try. I and mean, the fact that we now trusting ourselves to do it no matter conditions, that's exactly the same height of a pickup he made to make the break in NSA. It doesn't matter. They're not worried about conditions, they don't worry about wind or rain or ice. Um, <laughs> we dropped our first pass today in the 37th minute. Um, how many had we thrown up to that stage? And Aaron would probably, if he was counting passes, would know that one.
3: But Aaron Byrne, my uh, right-hand man in the commentary. Left-hand today, but uh, what a job. Fantastic. Thanks, Aaron. We'll bring you in later.
2: At the end of the game, he was your both-hands man, the way you left him there to, to clean up. Yeah,
3: uh, we <laughs> left, as you said, I left him with half a radio station to clean up there, and uh, not a bother on him.
2: <laughs> um, but we are trusting... A, a little bit of a cameo this week. There is... It's... I'm not getting surprised by what we're doing. We we made a joke about it in the first game of the season. Rodney did a sidestep and a one-handed offload. Tonight, Dennis did a pass behind the back, a pass behind the back to to Shane Delahunt, who then flicks it out. you thinking they they trust in themselves. If it doesn't come off, there's no bawling of anybody out of it. It doesn't come off. There is a togetherness and a belief there, and it's. It builds on it. You are told, go out and do it. It's, it's, it. it's why certain countries do well, and you look at different sports. If you're telling guys it's okay to try things, they'll try things. And they go, look, try it again next time, working you in your downtime, back to the Dave Ellis and the one-on-one trainings those teams that do that, those countries that do that produce better players in the long run you're going to see it happen and it's, it's, it's brilliant that we're leading the way and we're showing that actually if you trust your players and let them express themselves you can get to the top of the table it doesn't have to all be about brute physicality and if, it has, if we're playing Southern Hemisphere rugby I think the World Cup proved that that's the type of rugby that wins world titles
0: yeah, I'm wrong. Bath, Bath played that sort of rugby. I knew there was one yeah. team out there. And yeah, they're Bath three years definitely. in
3: with their coach. They're three years in with their coach as well. Just iconic. Like that came up in another podcast. But it's it's just that kind of level of of development of a team and what they're trying to achieve. Uh, Dave, I'm going to go to you on William on this, but I just want to check the lads agree with me. I think Pat Lamb went into that press conference. Just one thing to emphasise the four points. You know, trying to just say, look, I, I know it's a big win, but we want to achieve more, so did John Muldoon. But I think Pat in particular was taken aback by the reaction of not just us, the national media to this.
2: There's a very small pool of conic journalists who were specifically working on conic games and conic press conferences, Lenny being the prime, the Naples Ultra of all of them. So. We are surprised. We we're, we're almost blasé about it. i know that sounds crazy, but this is what we expect because we see Connacht all of the time. What would, Pat would have been surprised by was how surprised they were. A lot of these the national, the, the national sort of bigger named national journalists, people who's you know people who have you know who are the well known journalistic figures within rugby at a national level, don't see Connacht week in week out. Don't see our forwards. Our second row is diving on, picking up uh, box kicks. They don't see this, so they are surprised by it, and that feeds into Pat being surprised by it because he thinks that you know. That, well, this is what we do all the time. How come you don't know this? And I think it is to a certain degree we have got to the top. Of the, people are going. You'll hear a lot in the two, conf, the two press conferences, the, the two interviews about how we got to, they're trying to play down it. But the big thing that has been played down is that we have sneaked. We've got to the top, sneaked under a radar. Not the teams. Won't, not that the teams underestimate us, but the journalists have. And they are su- the reason Pat was surprised because they're surprised and the reason they're surprised is because they do not watch us. Well, one of the reasons they don't watch us is because we haven't been on the television.
0: <laughs> but the other thing is that um, apparently Scott Quinnell just went off on one about how fantastic Connacht were.
3: Brilliant.
0: He just really went off on one on Sky that he just could not believe how good we are, the scrum, how good the line was, the lines of running we were taking. That, you know, it's been not noticed just by nationals. We're talking about internationals journalist known as well.
3: And I teed this up because I always wanted you to talk about William my just to to get an outside perspective on our inside perspective which was even Pat Lam was taken aback by what this means to people who've been following Connacht Rugby for that long. Myself and yourself have discussed this. This away record, elephant in the room is what you always call it, 37 games is what I always say, this was the one where we said if they can break that, wow.
1: Yeah, it was was crucial that it was broken this season because it's, it's a big problem if you get into the statistical analysis of needing enough wins to finish 5th or 6th and that's Pat Lamb's aim this season is to make sure that next season he is not in the Challenge Cup, he wants to get to the Champions Cup under his own steam and to do that you've got to win away games and you've got to win some more interprovincials. provincials I commented to somebody last night that having watched a bit of uh, Leinster and Ulster that you would almost prefer to have been playing them because they're in a pretty chaotic state. Having watched Munster tonight and listened to some of their fans around us who watch what I would call proper fans who go to a lot of games, they've got some issues as well. The feel-good story in Irish rugby at the moment is Connacht. We needed a lift after the World Cup. So these... um, journalists who have sort of maybe ignored us a bit have now woken up to the fact that there's something going on in Galway that's different to to normal and um, Connacht should enjoy it and ride with it and just keep doing what they're doing.
3: It, there's a reason. If you listen to us from outside the province, and you listen to last week's podcast, and you've listened to us so much in this podcast, and you've no, you're probably sitting there going, the whole country was talking about Robbie Henshaw last week. How is a comic podcast not talking about Robbie Henshaw to Leinster?
0: Well, I'd like to. One of the reasons we don't do it is because it's only rumour. Yeah, and he has no news
3: like, like yeah, last week. No
0: the, news. There's no decision, so don't talk about something that's just waffle. Yeah, we can talk about Kieran signing. That's a massive signing for us. It's a huge. Uh, indication of where we are and where we're going. The fact that Kieran will look at that, he had a, he had a choice. He could have went anywhere. You know, he's probably in my book second best scrum half in the country, and yet he's staying with us. And tonight's proven why he's staying with us. And if Robbie signs, he signs. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But like, I'm not going to talk about it until. Decision is made. Let's let's move on. Let's talk about what we want to talk about, which is rugby.
3: Lenny, uh, Pat mentioned uh, the time Kieran Marmion was sick all week before a Toulouse game, just to talk about when he was only a young lad at 21 and the character he showed. I mean, Marmion is is a character player, and uh, and he he does his talking on the pitch. He's 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 been a, he's been a brilliant scrum half since he arrived um, from day one.
4: And remember, he's coming from um, an environment that was. Uh, Whereas He was born in England, grew up in Wales, educated in England of an Irish father in Loughray and came through the system through the exiles, as I understand it. Mm -hmm. And he's, I mean, he's, as as a person, he's such an enthusiastic young person. You can't help but like him and he plays the way just that way as well, full of enthusiasm, full of guts and I'm delighted that he has continued and he said, he said himself I think in, in a statement that he was very happy in Connett. Connett had given him his opportunities and he hoped that he could continue here to, in, a, in a way to pay Connett
3: back for having faith in him. What does that mean to to Sean O'Brien's, to James Connolly's, and all those players That James Connolly brilliant tonight. O'Brien off the bench, made three tackles, then forced a penalty that led to to a key score for us. All those guys are suddenly going, looking at the guys who are three, four years older than them and they're staying.
1: Yeah, and I think that comes again from the fact that we now have a squad that's... And by the amount of rugby you have to play now and the intensity of it, you have to have interchangeable players that you can bring in and have confidence You need confidence that they'll understand the system, but you also need confidence that they themselves are ready to play. So you're building that up almost uh, exponentially by bringing them into hard games like this. This is their opportunity to... to really show to themselves as much as anything else that they can compete at this level and that's what struck me about the game in uh russia two weeks ago there was there was so much written about that about the cold and about the the disastrous flight home what was sort of lost was actually how well they dealt with those conditions just took the game on played did what they had to do and just ex- didn't expect anything less from themselves.
3: I might just drop in one answer Pat Lamb did in the pool question, just because you've said that, about the fact that he feels the three days in Russia are, and the way they dealt with that were similar to what they had to deal with under the post when the penalty try came. Just how do we deal with this? And they just dealt with it in the way he expected them to and the way he saw Russia. I think it's just worth listening to that.
7: I was really proud because I looked over at the boys, and um, you know we've been talking about resilience and mental toughness right through, and and some of the things we're doing this year is, is from our last year and the year before, is about building that because you're going to be thrown challenge. That's what life is. That's what rugby on the rugby field. So what I saw when that when that happened, and of course um, you know I didn't, I didn't obviously didn't agree with the call, but what I watched was what I saw in Moscow uh, when flights got cancelled, and we and you know the boys just get on with it. So uh, they just got back, got over, and and probably the telling thing is that we went back into our structure. We kicked off and everyone did their roles, um, and then we put some pressure on defence, we got some turnover, and then we were able to go back at them again and and, and maintain some field position. So that is the sign that the boys' uh, mental toughness and resilience uh, was on, is that rather than just kick off and everyone be everywhere, but we just did what we trained.
3: The narrative on a little bit, but Alan there something to add to
0: this. Well, yeah, well, I want to just bring on that, that what we're talking what William was talking about there as well. The fact that you can, you know, what you've got with a good coaching team is you can bring talented young fellas along and actually create a team around a, a system that you believe in and that you get them believing in, so you don't have to start bringing in all these foreign players. How many? I think there's, there's only two non Irish qualified, or I know Bundy's not Irish qualified yet, but he's going to be. But we don't have we don't have that list of foreign players anymore we've got hope, what it was nine nine or ten conics?
3: nine conic born players in the squad tonight and a further additional six players who had come through entirely the Connick academy system and just a note during the week as someone said players go both ways and Connock need to accept that no they don't the players in those that come to our academy literally none of them are handed to us for the other provinces all of them are dropped from the other provinces and take it upon themselves to look elsewhere that's what happened there's no one coming our way and we don't want any handouts anymore our people who come because they want
1: to yeah but the suggestion that I would feel will come now is there'll be players maybe at other provinces thinking hmm maybe I could go down there and learn something more than I'm learning here sitting on the bench getting a splinter in my backside because in the past players have basically refused to go to Connacht but I suspect now the word will spread very quickly
3: and Owen, Owen Masterson Alan Just just briefly in, in a minute and a half Tell the story of Owen Masterson We heard him earlier The example that he sets on, on a player Who just refuses to give up
0: Yeah he was um, he, he came through the, the um, Port Leash. He didn't play any school rugby But was so good with um, Port Leash. He got picked for the, the Leinster the yes. club side Then got picked for the Ireland club side Captained them when he was under 18 Got onto the Irish under 20 side Played in the Six Nations last year but was then dropped yeah last year was then dropped two years ago was then dropped for the, the World Cup decided because he wanted to keep himself going went to Scotland and played for Scotland because he's Scottish he's qualified through his dad played in the World Cup and in the Six Nations he did play against Scotland and then in the World Cup played for Scotland um, then came back to Connacht and applied for a job went in and said give me a trial I want to get a, I want to get a, a trial Corinthians, went to Corinthians and told him he wanted to play then went into the branch and said I want to you know come and have a look at me I'm good and has shown that if you really are good and you have the drive to go with it, you can make it. And he's a prime example of what Connacht's available to do.
3: Lindy, can you see some more players coming our way now? Maybe like more players that might be actually, like William's saying, which would be unusual, coming out of a, of a professional squad in the other three provinces and coming to us. Like...
4: Well, one would one would hope that that trend would continue. Mm. I mean, I, I don't. I would like that trend to continue. I don't want it to continue to the stage where we have them developed and then. All yeah. of a sudden, we, yeah. we lose them. So, but if we do like Kieran mommy, and if we get them when they're young um, and they come into an environment which they don't want to leave, and I think that's very important, I think that has changed over the last five years, that is an environment that the players don't want to leave, that it's professional, it's working well, they're all great friends, they're striving to achieve something, and there's good management running it, and there is an, an an ideal and a vision that Pat Lamb always talks about, but obviously there does have to be a vision, but it's actually working towards it, and it's being positive, then I think players
3: won't want to leave Connacht. Next weekend, myself and William are on an adventure. It's going to be brilliant, William. We're going to Cardiff. It's a long way. Um, I mean, the flight's about two hours. And we have to get up around 6am. Are you up for this? Because I'm used to this kind of travel. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give it a go.
3: I, 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 a bit... It could be cold over there.
1: Yeah, the, the, the forecast is something like uh, only five degrees uh, a, uh, above freezing. and uh, But I am told
3: we have... That's about 26 degrees above Russia. But anyways,
1: yeah, yeah I'm, I'm told we have a centrally heated commentary box, nice. uh, a television screen, uh, somebody to bring us hot tea and coffee. And um, yeah, I think it should be uh, quite good fun
3: and hey do you know that's a good tee up just to talk about next week because Pat Lam was talking about four points Connacht do want to kick on William John Muldoon said when I asked him about um, top of the league coming in did that boost your confidence boy did he shoot back on me and he said not at all and he goes at the end of the day we have to be honest and say we're top of the league because all these players are missing from other teams I'd mean, i like, say other people listening to that from outside of Connacht are going wow the captain's even playing that down and they're aware Cardiff is a place where we really let one sit by last year
1: uh, top of the league in November means very little really um, you've just got to... This game tonight, almost... They'll have started parking it now. By tomorrow, it'll be parked and gone. Mm. They can talk about it and use it going forward. But it's a matter of historical record. They've won the match. They have a huge game next Friday night. Cardiff are beaten today. They've won one game out of eight. Uh, They're on the verge of imploding again. It's a, it's a club that has... Enormous issues. I could be here half the night talking about their problems. Not really that bothered about them. Um, Connacht have to go there as the top of the league team and say, we're going to win this match. It's a place we haven't won before. We got robbed last year, and then there were other issues afterwards. But next Friday night is a clean slate. You go in... You play professionally If they play like they did tonight They will win And at that stage You've taken Cardiff Completely out of the equation In the league So That's what's ahead of them And that's the way They, they look at it
3: And I think you'll agree with me William uh, Robbed last year But we had our chances To win it as well And we, we let it slip Also how we reacted To the bad decisions it, This team's more mature now uh, It's moving on And Like I think it's perfect That they're playing Cardiff next week
1: I f- think they've actually benefited from the way they reacted last year because I suspect when they sat down and they talked about it, they realised they didn't react in the correct way. They reacted tonight to a dreadfully poor penalty try decision. It didn't knock them off their stride. And that's because they've learned. And any team that learns going forward, you have to, to say well done to them. Look at the mistakes you've made both in your reactions and in your tactics and make sure you don't do it again.
2: Yeah, um, I did catch some of the game. We were listening to it um, on a not particularly strong signal from BBC Wales on the way down. It was 3-0. They led 3-0 at half time. Now, it it appears to be played in horrific conditions, but I have also heard some of the journalists were talking about it afterwards. They had nine minutes of injury time. In the phase, the phase event twice went out of that. They had everything go for them, and they still weren't even very good playing against an space side that is really lacking in confidence. Um, I think they're there for the taking, but we need to approach every game as in what did happen to us last year, and what's the minimum. We I I came there thinking I told William this on the way down that even a losing bonus point was one point more tonight than we got in this equivalent game last season. We need to go and think. Well, we got a losing bonus point last season. We need to improve on that. A win is a win. It doesn't have to be a pretty win. It doesn't have to be... uh, It it can be 3-0 with a last-minute drop going off, skewed over. It doesn't matter. It's all about putting points on the table. Pat will worry about the performance. The lads will worry about the performance. But ultimately, in the end of the day, it doesn't matter how well or badly we can improve that in the training pitch you can't improve your point situation in the training pitch so therefore you have to go out and win it or otherwise all the elation we feel tonight is out the window, it's exactly what like what happened last season, we bet Munster up in, up in Galway the following week we went out and we lost to Edinburgh and it, that was one of the results that scuppered our qualification chances this is the potential to be that purely on what I've seen today that shouldn't happen but you just don't know it's rugby it's sport, it's life.
3: Yeah and on they go Lindley, because you know like, if you look at the, uh, the statistics, uh, Dave's alluding to it. If you compare last year with this year, fixture for fixture, exact point comparison, fifteen points up on last year's uh, return from those fixtures. We know, as John Muldoon said, part of the reason for that is, is the strength of the opposition, but it's 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 no more than they could have asked for, really. I think you also have to look about. You know, you talk about learnings of
4: last year, and I well, I think this is a team directed by Pat who has is learning every season and from every experience. And yes, there are issues from last year, um, some of their own making, some not, mm. that they will have learned from, and I am sure they will react accordingly. I think the thing about it is, I think Pat Lam said at the press conference, you know, we've, there's, we're, we're nowhere until May. We've done nothing until May. And that is that has been their philosophy. And there is a, a very um, intent about this Connacht team at the moment that is very composed and very deliberate and doesn't get too excited. Yes, they say, well done, they pat themselves on the back, and they have been basically coached into accepting that and moving on. We don't know what they say behind closed doors as, as ways of motivation. We're not privy to that. But I do know that last year, Will Rankle and the aftermaths of last year and what happened as a result of that will rankle without going too much into detail, of course, mm-hmm. will still rankle, but they will go out there, I am totally sure, with
3: just to get the job done, that's it. Yeah, uh, Pat even alluded to the fact that some of the players who weren't involved today were looking at different videos of the Cardiff games, so that's suggesting that Alan, certain elements of this squad, you know, they'll make the changes, and, and it's it, it's even part of a plan. You know, you guys mightn't be playing this week, but you'll be playing next week, and I want you to work on this or that.
0: Yeah, there was a hunger. I said it to William at one stage during the thing. We were so hungry. Any loose ball that went out there, we appeared to win it. When the ball went to ground, we wanted to. We, we just there was just a hunger about the likes of Delan and Connolly. They were just stepping up and really showing that they were incredibly hungry. And I don't think it'll react the way it did last last year against Edinburgh, because there will be changes, and he will make changes, which, well, partly because he has to half the time, but there is a squad thing like, we talk about this year and last year, last year the average age of the team was 24, this year it's 25 like, we're building into being a mature side, we're learning as we go along this week, Munster, were an average age of 28 like, that's, that's relatively old for a, a team that you know, should be playing Pro 12 and bringing young fellas through we were average age of 28 last year We're a very young side and an awful lot of young fellas in there Who are growing and growing And getting more and more belief all the time And when young people get belief And they really start believing themselves They become un- unstoppable Again you look at how the Southern Hemisphere do it The amount of young fellas who are given their opportunities down there And are believed in by their coaches It's just not something that happens up here
3: I was good. All right. Any other business it seems the most ridiculous slot in the history of a podcast today, and today only. Any other business? Could you possibly have any other business? Aaron, you're up first. He's looking at me. No, he's not going to be in the podcast. Okay, so Aaron's the man who doesn't speak, but I just want to give great credit to him because he, he had to put up with me in the commentary today. I We won't have time, because people want the podcast now. won't have time to get the Galway Bay recording into it. I might try and edit it in uh, afterwards, or, or just throw it on. The, I'll throw it on the Cardiff podcast. That's what I'll do, some of the commentary from that. But uh, Aaron and myself have worked out, we've got all this connection set up, and Aaron was saying, "Just yeah, well, that's a bit dodgy, that connection fix it just be careful not to knock it I was like no bother Bundy Aki gets in for a try right everything's going well commentating on it quite well fairly composed just knock the machine a bit just as a and I'm like Aki bzzz, try is basically what everyone's going to hear so I might leave that in next week but anyways that was my, my uh, comment thanks to Aaron, for helping out in stats thanks to Joe and co-commentary it was a, a great buzz and we'll have some of that next week William Davies Connick to beating Munster 18 points to 12 in Thoman Park you weren't there in 1986, I have a feeling, although you would have been at most of the home games in those days. You're there today.
1: Yeah, and it was a privilege to be there, to see a conic performance like that. Um, it's All you can hope for is a win. I didn't think they would win today, uh, but they did. They proved me wrong, and I'm delighted. And I hope they use that as a real stepping stone now to kick on, because there's, there's, there's other targets there to be taken down.
3: These are great times to be a Connacht Rugby follower, aren't
1: they? Yeah, it's just, I was saying to Alan when we were waiting for the interviews to finish, um, I follow quite a lot of sports and it's been an amazing couple of months. Uh, I've got Connacht Rugby, uh, West Ham aren't embarrassing themselves, the New York Mets got to the World Series final and Middlesex County Cricket Club came second in the county championship. So what's not to like?
3: Alan, yeah. Yeah 19- Final thoughts We're changing the segment For one week only Because there's no other business Final thoughts
0: Alright 1986 On the Munster team Were two former Connacht coaches A certain Mr Bradley And a certain Mr O'Sullivan mm-hmm. And on the Connacht team We had Davy Henshaw Who was Robbie's uncle mm. So this still a connection Amazing stuff
3: Yeah And uh that was an 11 9 win with a last minute try from Liam Mulcahy. Is Liam that correct?
0: Right?
3: Yep. Well, Liam, you can uh, climb off that bar stool now and accept uh, <laughs> it has to go the way of Bundy Dave, final thoughts first?
2: Yeah, it's a sad moment actually. Um, Rob, you have one stat.
3: Oh, you have one
2: stat, and tonight we have to retire that stat.
3: Can you, I say it one more time?
2: Yeah, say it one more time, man.
3: And then, and then you can do your final thought. Okay, so the last time Connacht won away from home before tonight, Mark McHugh dropped the goal against Leinster, but they all thought the ball was going to Eric Elwood and it fooled them and six Leinster players converged on Eric Elwood and I was saying to the guys beside me in Donnybrook no it's going to Mark McHugh it's going to be Mark McHugh that drops the goal and Mark McHugh dropped the goal and Connacht beat Leinster and since then 13 years 37 games one draw 36 defeats away from home against Irish provinces until we fix that we're going nowhere or we're going somewhere now Ah, thank you I'll never say it again
2: so I'm starting it now Uh, for just €3 a month you can provide Rob with a statistic for the rest of the season
3: Um, I need some
2: uh, please he's suffering here he has nothing I mean Alan's fine Alan is a surfer and we could almost I mean Alan is basically a stats lake he has a a surfer of stats Rob had one now he can't use it anymore so if you can find one for him to use please send it to the usual address
3: yeah and it's not just for Christmas come on Uh, Lindy any final thoughts you must have some final thoughts Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>